Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Jay Anelli. I'm Lorelai Weissalabrizzi. I'm Brian Dawes. And I'm Chris Delano. Not to be confused with Jay Anelli. <laughs> totally different people. Yes. Uh, allegedly. I, I, I want to take a moment before we start this episode. Uh, I occasionally will mention listeners here on the show, but uh, there is there is someone very special I want to give a shout out to. Uh, and that is Reddit user Other Brother Daryl. Uh, who commented on our uh, podcast episode this week. Uh, Quote, also, and then all caps, we know you are LGBTQ already. Let this be an MTG podcast, period. (laughs) Excuse me. And other brother Daryl, I just want to thank you for your comment so that I can restate to the world, I'm never gonna shut the fuck up about being queer. So deal with it. If you don't like it, you don't have to listen to our show. And that's just the reality of the situation. And the audacity, who does not sponsor us, uh, but that would be cool. The audacity, audacity That's a recording program gets it's yeah we use them to make the podcast the audacity <laughs> to make that comment during pride month is very funny to me it's not actually funny um the cis and straights can go to hell sorry rest of the podcast who falls under those umbrellas um but uh <laughs> yeah you're never gonna get me to shut up about being trans and a dyke and gay and bisexual and pansexual and transgender and queer uh it's just not happening uh that stuff influences literally all of my life and my work which means you literally cannot play magic without experiencing the influence of my queerness so tough shit that's the bottom line yeah and i have some (laughs) some very good news for you we've just saved you about 54 minutes of your week because you can stop listening now thanks all right so this week we're gonna talk (laughs) about modern i don't know i don't know how to segue from that so i'm just gonna dive into it oh Uh, well i mean do you need a segue i've crawled back out from hell (laughs) in order to bring you uh flavor gems of modern horizons 2 for this week uh so we're just gonna dive right in we're gonna talk about uh all the stuff we didn't talk about last week that we found interesting there's a lot of good stuff in this set we're not gonna be able to cover all of it but let's start with the more returning legends all right because jay you want your segue from me being very loudly queer uh let's talk about captain ripley vance Ridley. Ridley Vance. It's Ripley Vance. Is it Ridley or Ripley? It's Ripley. God, I don't even know. <laughs> Who it's typed Ripley. it? <laughs> no, it's Ripley. Lord, it's Ripley. Lorelai, you, you typed it. No, I, I might have typed it. I did I not type this though. part. Okay. It can't be Ridley. Ridley's too big for magic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Captain Ripley Smash Vance, Brothers because Ripley. there are very few more lesbian icons in magic than Lady Pirates. Um, so Ripley Vance is a character we saw referenced on... Uh, one of the DFCs from the original Ixalan block, uh, Ripley's Blasting Cannons, or Vance's Blasting Cannons, Vance's Blasting Cannons, and then Spitfire Bastion. Uh, so Captain Ripley Vance is a uh, 2 and a red for a 3-2 uh, legendary legendary creature human pirate. Whenever you cast your third spell each turn, put a plus one plus one counter on Captain Ripley Vance, then it deals damage equal to its power to any target. Uh, the third spell each turn is the transform trigger on Vance's Blasting Cannons. Uh, she literally has two gigantic cannons sitting on her shoulders as she is standing around, what, five cannons in the art with her sword pointed. It's great. Talk about shoulder pads. And uh, flavor text reads, The Spitfire Bastion bristles with cannons claimed from every ship she's conquered. She's badass as hell. Um, I'm just going to read word for word her Ixalan art book description. Captain Ripley Vance once commanded the Leviathan's Wrath, great name for a ship, after spending years as a flame-wielding combat mage on that ship. But when she discovered a natural lava flow on a coastal reef, she realized she had found her new home. 
She constructed a fortress on the site, using her magic to harness the volcanic power and create powerful bombards to defend her new home. Now called Spitfire Bastion, the fortress is a trading post for rations and supplies. In contrast to High and Dry, Spitfire Bastion is anything but neutral ground. It belongs to Captain Vance, and her word there is law. Her enemies are not welcome, and anyone allowed to resupply there owes the captain a favor. And I think that's cool as shit. You know, this is this is big. Um, if you ever play like No Man's Sky or any of these other big multiplayer games that like build bases anywhere, maybe Fortnite. Um, maybe you can chug jug with uh, Captain Ripley Vance. Yar, there goes Tomato Town. <laughs> the idea of just like wandering around and being like, you know what? I want to build a sweet ass base over there. That's a vibe that I relate to. And I greatly respect that. Um, I also just love like when little like flavor text characters or card name characters get cards. Uh, we saw a bunch of this in Commander Legends, obviously a bunch of past products. Uh, and we get a lot more of that in, in this set. So starting off with, with, a, with a good legend. So our next legend is one I uh, joked about last time and which both uh, sh- with which um, Shivambut, who is a... Uh, very cool guy on the rules advisory committee, uh, the commander advisory group. What is that called? I don't know. Yep, the, commander. The CAG? Yeah. Okay. The CAG, he's on the CAG. He's on the CAG. He posted a great video with the pronunciation because it is not Ragavan. It is Ragavan um, or Ragavan. Uh, in, when you're dealing with names from languages that are not English or not even rooted in Latin, uh, I'm thinking specifically about like Hindi or uh, various deri- uh, various other Sanskrit derivative languages uh, or even like Japanese or something. The vowels are usually going to be pronounced the same in a name. So it's the A's in this are pronounced like uh with an em- emphasis on the first syllable. So Raghavan. It's it's weird to say it without the little bit of the, the rolling R. But anyway, this is Kari Zev's monkey from uh, Kaladesh, uh, the skies over Girapur. Um, Girapur. Uh, <laughs> but Kari uh, is a skyship pirate who made a monkey token named Raghavan. And um, yeah, she was, she was very cool. She had her own story and... This is just a bonkers card for being, you know, a random monkey that used to be a token and not even a pirate. Right. And is now like one of the most expensive cards from the set. Right. Uh, he got a job. Acquire. There was like a whole yeah, thing. He, when Karizev's card came out, uh, uh, Ragavan token was just a monkey and not a monkey pirate. And the excuse given was like, monkeys don't have jobs. Well, that's bullshit. <laughs> Uh, and I'm, I'm glad I'm glad he's actually a pirate here. I really like this because this is something rather than like gremlins. This was the kind of thing like the bundler from mm-hmm. um, Kaladesh. This is the kind of thing I wanted to see more of from Kaladesh. You know, if you wanted a uh, mischief making, slightly destructive kind of pest creature. I really you can't go wrong with the little monkeys. Yeah. Um, also, I don't know why he's pre-ordering so high. I think the card's not great in Legacy or Modern. I don't think it's even the best one mana red creature in the set in either of those formats. But that's for a different podcast to talk about. He's expensive because he's monkey. <sighs> that's just extremely pushed, but it, it, it's whatever. Anywho, our next card is Cultra Complete. And this card rubs me the wrong way. Why? Because my understanding, and Jay, correct me if I'm wrong, is that the Cauldra stuff was destroyed when Glissa, uh, 
defeated Mimnark in in the core of Mirrodin. Now I may not. It was no. It was destroyed in the second novel because they spent the whole time gathering all these culture artifacts. They summoned the culture avatar to go fight with them. Yeah, they got all the way to Memnark, and then Memnark mind controlled it. Which, first of all, flavorfully, Memnark could not have gained control because the culture token was not an artifact. But whole separate issue. Uh, then they escaped back up to the surface, escaped all the way with uh, the avatar following them to um, to the Radix, which is where the green sun would burst forth yeah, 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 yeah. In, on Mirrodin. And uh, that explosion of the green sun finally erupting supposedly destroyed uh, the Cauldra avatar and the artifacts. Or at least she couldn't find it again. I mean, uh, for all we know, they could have just been, the avatar might have been destroyed and the rest of the artifacts blown somewhere for else. Wh- for what it's worth. As Lo- Lorelei po- uh, what Lorelei pointed out was they are indestructible. Shield of Cauldra does say they're all indestructible. Fine. <laughs> also, I also hate all things Phyrexian, so it also <laughs> yeah. goes me the wrong way that uh, the germ... Ugh. So, uh, yes. this, I guess, is important to mention. Uh, the big Phyrexian creature type update that we've been waiting for is going to be happening. I assume we're going to get um, actual update notes about it sometime, but a bunch of the stuff is live on uh, Magical Mine, uh, and we see some of it in the set. So, like, the germs are Phyrexian germs now. Uh, and we have um, the Scourge... Scourge familiar, the Frexian imp. So, uh, yeah, we we are going to see things updated to Frexians. And uh, I looked through the list of stuff from uh, Magic Online, and it's basically what you'd expect. Yeah, it's a little broader than I thought it would be. Uh, but I think it, I think it's because in the past they've left off race types for the quote unquote true Frexians. So I thought really those were going to be the ones that get the Phyrexian type and not literally everyone down to Greven who was enhanced, but specifically not really a Phyrexian. Uh, there's a lot but of anyways, that's all separate. on that list. I'm, I'm looking forward to us having a discussion about it because yeah. that might be yeah. a whole episode by itself. Um, I don't know if we want that to be a whole episode by itself, I'll be honest. Uh, so our next card is General Ferris Rokarik. And I have no idea if that's correct. And all of my um, Slavic ancestors are rolling over in their graves. Uh, well, that's okay. They just gave him a regular like Latin root word for a name. That Ferris is just a word. Iron, yeah. <laughs> so Ferris is existed 400 years into the Guild Pack. To give you a sense of perspective, it is now 10,000 years into the Guild Pack, closing in on 10,100. So yeah, uh, this is a this is a like this is a deep cut from Magic's deep past. Uh, he was his full name was only ever mentioned once. There is a pavilion in uh, Centerfort, which was the um, Boros HQ, uh, in the original Ravnica novel, Ravnica City of Guilds, where it's mentioned that he brought the Golem Defenders to the Tenth District that were responsible for protecting the district and ended up not really coming into play. They didn't work as expected, which is a whole other plot point, but that's a whole separate thing. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, that's that's literally it. So I wonder, I honestly wonder if this is a top-down card or if this was bottom-up, we wanted something that created golems, what uh, what character can we flavor this on? Is there a character that this works for? Right. This is the thing that... Is, so this is a card that generated a lot of talk in the community of like, but there are so many other characters people want cards of. Why did this one get a character? And it's not always... 
oh, what are the characters we can make top-down versions of from this big list, and we'll choose to make some. Sometimes it's, hey, we have an interesting card. Does this fit any legends that already exist? Is there a deep cut maybe we want to make? And so sometimes uh, there is, you know, a, a legend that fits a card concept that already exists. I'm not saying this is necessarily what happens with this card. This might be somebody's pet card that they've been trying to get in a set for a while. But uh, unless we are told directly, we don't always know how the card came to be. And it's not necessarily replacing your favorite character who doesn't have a card yet. Look, like we still don't have Ram, right? But also... We got a billion <laughs> cards that mentioned Gaedron Dahada. So literally anything is on the table in Magic's future at this point. So one one other thing I want to mention about Ferris here is that this is just this is perfectly flavorful. Like if there was a character in Magic who that did this in these colors, it was this character, Ferris. So whether it was bottom up or top down, that's that's awesome. Uh, one thing I'll mention is, you know, I, I do something similar to finding existing flavor for bottom up cards where you know we have you'll have side characters in fiction and i check to see if there is an existing character that would work or work better for that side character instead of a entirely new character yeah jay i think uh you're the reason why uh um why akiri is dead if i remember correctly uh you you killed akiri um i can't wait, believe she didn't die she almost died personally <laughs> that that's an interesting case which i'm i wait did it carry i can't she even did remember not die. She, didn't check my notes. she came very close I have to, she she got pushed off the yes. cliff in the yes. image yes and then survives um yeah no. i can't believe you did cut the callous roca card though shame on you oh my god please no don't tell people i did that <laughs> i will have there there will be like 10 hardcore people who will be hunting my I tumblr know. inbox hello hello all you guankies out there uh who listen to the show i appreciate y'all we'll be standing on actually reddit again please. two weeks in a row <laughs> a little... i could stand a little roughing up our uh our next card is uh is not a returning creature at all um it's a returning land it is a legendary land uh yavamaya cradle of growth which as we know is the forest on uh dominaria it has some karn flavor text which is not super usual to see quotes on uh land flavor text but it's uh karn saying a uh, multani's heart is a seed and all of yavamaya is its flower there is as much life here as in the rest of dominaria together great flavor text most interestingly for this card is it makes all of your lands forests. It actually makes every land into a forest. So this is uh, going to be kind of a, a hot commodity because this does what Urborg does, but for arguably uh, the second most powerful color in Magic. Um, I know that uh, I am going to be trying to throw it into my Neither Reliquary Commander deck, and uh, it's it's tempting me to buy back into Modern so I can play Neither Reliquary Coral Helm Retreat uh, decks, which uh, you can now go infinite when you couldn't actually go infinite before. For because you can sack every land to another reliquary or consider you can sacrifice your forested uh flagstones of trocare and get two basic lands which will oh be dear. which will be basic plains forests correct and then you can sack those to get even more yeah that's very exciting uh i guess i can i can transition <laughs> us to our next uh our next session <laughs> We're on point with our segues today. Jay, I usually rely on you to do that. I'm so sorry. So let's talk about the new legends. These are brand new characters uh, who have not existed before in the lore. Yeah, and our uh, our first one is Grist the Hunger Tide, which is the new sort of marquee planeswalker for the set. Um, as in, like, this is the one that has potentials to break every format in Magic um, where it is legal. 
so Grist the Hunger Tide is one green and a black. Uh, legendary Planeswalker Grist um, has a plus one to create an insect token and mill a card. Um, and then like you can keep going. And uh, th- there's there's like this whole thing about, you know, sacrificing a creature to destroy a creature or Planeswalker makes sense. And minus five for each opponent loses like life equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. Like it's a cool card. But the big thing is that it's uh, as long as Grist the Hunger Tide isn't on the battlefield, it's a one one insect creature token or creature in addition to its other types uh so you can like collected company for grist uh eladomri's uh call for grist you can uh cheat grist into play with like i don't know uh, a card that was printed in modern horizons one unearth um you can get grist into play for free basically with any card in magic just just any of them pick one you can do it you can vile grist in you can yeah. green sun zenith for grist mm-hmm. finale of devastation for grist give, give grist uh haste and trample or whatever it does uh it is also <laughs> worth noting there's going to be a there's going to be a rules change uh about how uh characteristic defining abilities affect pre-game deck construction which is going to allow grist to be a legal commander which is exciting i, I guess i should also mention that grist is a swarm of insects led by one queen-esque insect uh, uh-huh yeah this is a flavor podcast <laughs> Christopher. Know. i'm sorry i just get excited about some of these cards um yeah grist is just a writhing mound of like centipedes which are not insects we discussed this before the cast um over like a skeleton and there's just there's a lot going on uh grist is gross and i love grist yeah it's our first planeswalker hive if you don't count beebles <laughs> uh, i really want to know how this part works it's like rowan and will but like a lot yeah i wonder if this is just like if it's just a hive mind that has like a predominant like a queen that is just intelligent enough to be considered sapient enough to have a soul um which they would need for a planeswalker spark i don't know depends we have to consult or if they ate a planeswalker <laughs> and somehow kept digested the spark i don't know i mean i don't know we but, haven't but seen a teleport with the rest of their swarm their swarm though that, that's what i want to know just like is this a mobu situation like what, what's happening here i just want to point out that jay was just uh contemplating planeswalker vor so maybe we should uh maybe we should <laughs> please do uh, we not should because i want to hear jay i want to hear jay pronounce this next card's name ave ave uh eve the progenitor ooze i don't know is that even a real name is that a real let me look that up i think this is just like someone messing with me it's like a clothing brand <laughs> Look, Jay, it's only four letters. If I can pronounce Asmarano Martica Dice in a cool car, you can pronounce this, truly. It's the the pronunciations I'm looking at. It's just Eve, progenitor ooze. I have no idea. Do one of you pronounce it differently? I have no idea how to pronounce it, which is why I was waiting for you to do it. So I didn't look embarrassed about it. <laughs> Let me pioneer these <laughs> these uh, unique names. No, 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 they're modern horizons, uh, not pioneer horizons. Oh, my sweet Jesus. Uh, okay, so there's not really much to say other than it is a storm ooze, which is kind of interesting. Let's move on to Chatterfang, who's much more interesting. Wow, oozes are cool as hell. Yeah, that's up for debate. Unlike our next card, Chatterfang, Squirrel General. And like all of the art for this card makes me so very happy. And it they are a squirrel warrior. And this just makes me hope that one day we'll get a red wall. I forget what they're calling the un the the, the crossover series that they're doing. I just universes wa- beyond. I think yes, universes beyond. I just want a Redwall universes beyond because I want like Badger nobles and like rabbit soldiers and and squirrel warriors and oh man, I I, I want this. But Cheddarfang is awesome. He's an awesome, or they are an awesome black squirrel. Since I'm not sure what their gender is. 
and they're leading a bunch of squirrels in there in the normal art up a tree. It's so great. I love this card. It makes me so happy. Uh, I really appreciate the black activated ability so that if you already had a black green squirrel deck in commander with a bunch of the uncards, you can just slot Chatterfang in as your commander and not have to worry about your color identity. And one thing to note, it has force walk that Yavamaya Cradle of Growth. Makes it unblockable. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up is Lanus Cryptozoologist, which besides being an objectively good epithet and job title, I'm pretty sure is uh, old Simic, like pre-mending Simic. Uh, mostly because, first of all, she's a snake elf scout, uh, much like um, that creature that I love that a lot of other people love. <laughs> Coil Oracle. Oracle, there we go. Um, which are a type of hybrid we only really saw in uh, the original. But also the architecture in the background is uh, very reminiscent of that original Simic design and not the Simic we've seen afterwards. Um, but I don't know if any of that is confirmed. I think she's cool as hell. She makes clue tokens and she finds monsters. And like, that's just the card. She's like, the card just does what it says in the name. She's a cryptozoologist. Uh, and I, I appreciate that nice, simple uh, design. We also have uh, Sithis, Harvest's Hand, who's a legendary enchantment creature nymph, who's an enchantress, has the flavor text, through every verdant field, every bow that hangs heavy with fruit, Karametra shows her love. Uh, she is a nymph that aids Karametra. Uh, we can tell because of her little headdress thing reminiscent of Karametra's and her tools and the fact that she has a jar with vines growing out of it with her magic. She is a literal harvest hand. Uh, Karametra's the harvest goddess. Uh, this is now the second harvest-related legendary nymph we've gotten, and I think that's really cool, along with uh, Kestia, I think was the name of the other. The Cultivator. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that was the Bestow legend. Yes, from uh, Commander deck a couple years ago. Um, so cool that we have little ties like our next card is Thrasta, uh, Tempest Roar. Uh, this card is a storm dinosaur. It's seven, seven. The thing that makes me super excited about this card is that it looks like the, what, uh, rotting Regisaur was before it died and became a zombie dinosaur. Like it just looks, and the art is just amazing. I love how the lightning is striking its back and it's just roaring. Yeah. I, I think it's a really cool card. I, I love the, the horned Regisaur reference here. Um, although I think those horns, are they only on one of the art? Yeah. Yeah. It's only in one, which is interesting as well. So. One of the design stories about this card is that it was not originally legendary. They made it legendary during, uh, well, while they were making the set because it was too good in multiples because you would have turns where you just drop like four of them and kill your opponent. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, I suspect because of that, because of the way timelines work and the way art is commissioned, that it's very easily possible that it was intended to be a living rotting regisaur. Um, well, and I'll also pieces. tell you another fact. You know who the artist of rotting regisaur is? Same artist. Yeah, yeah. Randy Vargas did both the horned version of Thrasta and rotting regisaur. Yeah, I'm, so I'm, I'm very curious. I'm very curious if that was something specifically asked for or if it was, hey, you have to do a dinosaur. And Randy was like, well, I'm going to do the living version of this undead dinosaur I did a couple years ago. Um, or maybe it's uh, slush art. Uh, we had, uh, you know, slush art gets brought back in sets like this. And uh, maybe that's uh, a piece that has been sitting around since that time. Uh, who knows? Yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's been sitting around since uh, Randy Vargas got the assignment to do uh, a card he thought was just called Regisaur uh, and then found out <laughs> later 
later uh, that they just put a sticker on the package wrong on the little note, and it actually was supposed to be a rotting register. So you had to redo the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the next card uh, we want to talk about is Usury, or I'm sorry, Usury, uh, Fortune's Flame. Uh, so Usury is a Efreet, and behind them, we don't know the, the, the their gender yet. Uh, are a lot of like onion dome style buildings which could mean this is i mean this could be anywhere from certain regions of dominaria to um rabia to i don't know any any number of vaguely arabian plains magic has created and discarded over the years wildfire is the main one if they're in a free wildfire is a big one especially yeah if they're in free um what's interesting is they did a neat update of the card chance oh first of all usury means like i think it means blessed so that's a nice touch <laughs> for the the lucky ifrit yeah you gotta um, be blessed to win all those coin flips <laughs> uh they appear in a new art for chance encounter with what appears to be the woman from several of the modern gamble arts Mm-mm. the one Mm-mm. that one, different oh, name. She does get a name in one of the flavor texts, and it's a different name that is on Chance Encounter. She looks similar, oh. though. Maybe they're twins. Okay. Yeah. I, that <laughs> um. Yeah. But anyway, uh, neat, neat card. I love the coin flipping we've been seeing more and more of lately. I hope we continue to see cool stuff like that that adds an um, element of randomness and variance to the game. I think we need to hit a few more cards before I'm going to make my uh, uh, make my full coin flip deck. All right. All right, Jay. You reminded me earlier that this is a flavor podcast, um, and I want to talk about the next legend, uh, and I don't care at all about the mechanics. It's it's useless to me. It's a one-mana legendary artifact creature insect, modular one. Uh, basically has hardened scales, but only for module red, destroy an artifact you control, white gains flying until end of turn. Um, it's, you know, it's a, it's a whatever card i don't care about the mechanics what i care about is this card's name is zabaz the glimmer wasp uh zabaz is like a you know a palindrome so that's cool uh but yeah this card's not a wasp it's not a wasp it's first of all the art it just it's a beetle that is order coleoptera that is not a a order hymenoptera sorry um wasps have two sets of membranous wings uh this beetle has uh one set of hard four wings uh the leg arrangement says beetle the head shape says beetle i would even say that thorax is very beetle it's bothering me because it's not a wasp. <laughs> no one's gonna dislike. No one's gonna disagree with me. We've just laid down the law. That is a glimmer beetle. I'm just see. We've seen wasps before on Mirrodin as well. Now that you're now that you've ranted about this, I want to see Jay. You're gonna pull up some art that shows like something called a wasp that looks just like this on Mirrodin from like 20 years ago. Oh, I'm gonna make no. I'm I'm gonna make you even matter. Okay. Uh-huh. So the uh, the insect artifact, there are wireflies which look like wasps coming out of a honeycomb, but they're called wireflies. So this is just a tradition of completely mislabeling insect types. Flies are much closer to to wasps than I think they are to beetles, but it's just it's just wrong. It's Zabaz the glimmer beetle. If you call it a glimmer wasp, I'm just going to be upset. No, so build a Zabaz deck just to troll. <laughs> I am putting Shatterstorm in every deck I build for the next two years. Um, I'm not going to let you have them. Wait three years before doing so. <laughs> I appreciate y'all. It's fun because uh, Modern Horizons 2 is going to have in-person pre-releases and Brian and I are hoping to go to one. So you might have like pictures of the co-hosts playing Modern Horizons 2 pre-release. God, I hope I hope I open Zabaz to get mashed against you. I need this. <laughs> 
I M- might this. even have pictures of co-hosts in a fistfight. <laughs> you might be down a co-host after Modern Horizons 2 pre-release. So place your bets now, fans, uh, in, in our in our Discord server, who you think will come on top. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I will die instantly. I'm not built for conflict. Listen, I didn't want to say it out loud, Chris, but yeah, I'm pretty sure... <laughs> <laughs> you're you're too you're too pretty for the fight. <laughs> um let's let's move on and talk about the regular flavor gems of the week. So the first is Landscaper Coloss, which is we haven't seen one of these specifically since all the way back in like Urza's uh Destiny, I think, where we got two cards. These are the Keldon mounts uh and also I don't want to say workhorses, but beasts of burden. They're, used they're, by the they're work goats. Work goat beasts. They're giant yes. goats. Uh, they're goat I, beasts. I also burden. also I pronounce it Kolos, uh, but Kolos that that works. I was just thinking like they're uh, colossal. Yeah, Kolos. I don't know which Kolos. is correct. Yeah. So I mean, your guess is a, literally it as doesn't good matter. As they're fake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> say that. Say that to uh, Rada's face. Shut up, Rada. Your goats are fake. Uh, Jay would also instantly die. Um, our next card is uh, Phantasmal Dreadmall, which is uh, adorable. It's an adorable card. Uh, it's a two and a blue blue for a six six trample uh, as you could expect from a dread maw uh, flavor text is uh, that was perhaps the most terrifying thing I thought I almost saw from Captain Lannery Storm which is a play on the colossal dread maw flavor text uh, it's a colossal dread maw except it has the phantasmal effect from the M12 cycle uh, which was a super cool cycle when I first was like getting into magic and uh, we have a two two for just blue mana so the next card is flame tongue yearling this is a reference to one of my favorite cards of all time and a very powerful magic card, Flame Tongue Kavu. I was going to uh, say, magic freak- you win like a million other magic cards. <laughs> a million other people, right? Uh, the the art is a reference to the original, except it's like, it's fire is spitting a lot weaker. Yearling is, you know, it's, it's usually used to refer to like a baby version of an animal. Uh, and so magic has been using yearling a lot for these cute little, it's like a puppy Kavu. That's all I have to say. About uh, next up is Imperial Recruiter. Which is, uh, first of all, coming to modern, great. Love combos. Um, second of all, uh, a couple of the cards in the set uh, have uh, borderless versions uh, with the extended art and everything in different art. And so the borderless version of Imperial Recruiter has this fun little like non-planar moment where in the background you can see uh, the outline of uh, an Aki goblin from Kamagawa. And a flying fairy from uh, Lorwyn. Um, this is Kiki Jiki Mirror Breaker and Pestermite in the background. Two targets that combo together to kill your opponent and are both tutorable by Imperial Recruiter. I love when Magic does meta jokes like this. Um, some of them, sometimes they are um, like contextually appropriate. Through the Breach, having Emrakul on it uh, in Ultimate Masters was like showing you this story moment on a card that often puts Emrakul right into the battlefield. That was cute. But this is just like, look, this is outside of the multiverse. We know these are cards you're going to get with Imperial Recruiter. So we're going to put them in the art. And I think that's really cute and fun. Yeah, I love that one. Our next card is Scion of Draco. And this card amuses me because Draco is not legendary. This card is not legendary, yet Draco has a Scion? What? I'm so confused. This makes no sense. Everyone, what's the name for that, like, collective misrecollection of events? There's, like, an actual term for it. Oh, uh, the Mancala effect. Yeah, where, like, half the people I speak to who played back during an invasion, like, misremember Draco as being a legendary. So I thought this was very entertaining. 
Although one question I've always gotten about this, like on our blog, is whether or not it was a dragon engine. And in a set with the Phyrexian subtype, uh, Scion of Draco does not have a Phyrexian type, which means Draco probably wasn't a Phyrexian, uh, Phyrexian dragon engine either back during the invasion. So mystery solved. But it could just be that they're too lazy to try to fit the Phyrexian creature type in that text box. Because oh, it's to me. It is kind of small in there. I don't know if the word Phyrexian could fit in there. Ryan, you're ruining me. <laughs> I mean, Drago can also just be one of the rebuilt or appropriated dragon engines that Urza or Mishra built, so which would be not Phyrexian. True, because Ramos got left off the uh, Phyrexian type list and is fairly explicitly a Phyrexian dragon engine because it had a plane shifting engine built into it but that's a whole other thing I think next week or whenever we record after they've released the full Phyrexian creature type update we can have an argument um, <laughs> yeah. there, there are a lot of cards on that list that are just mm, rub me the wrong way but uh, we can move along with our list of cards from Modern Horizons 2 uh <laughs> With our uh, our next card, Revolutionist, which is a callback in name, art, and function to the card Anarchist. Also uh, so Scrivener. Also Scrivener, um, but more specifically Anarchist. Because if you... Uh, so first of all about Revolutionist, it's a five and a red for a human wizard. When it enters the battlefield, you return an instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand and has madness for three red. It's a three, three. Uh, Anarchist was a five mana, so for four and a red, a two, two human wizard that when it enters the battlefield, you return target sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. Um, the art for Revolutionist features a person with sort of a paley gray skin uh, digging through piles of books, throwing them around haphazardly, uh, and has this like kind of flowy red hair. Um, and the art for Anarchist depicts what is essentially the same character. Uh, different artists, of course. Um, this is the uh, uh, Exodus block Anarchist, by the way, not the Odyssey block one. Uh, but it depicts that sort of like very pale looking person with kind of wild red hair digging through books and scrolls. Also, Anarchist's flavor text reads, I'll take that. You won't need it when the revolution comes. So yes. it's it's a direct port. He just got a haircut and he got a little bit stronger and tougher. Digging through all the books has really built up the muscle. Um, added one whole power and toughness. <laughs> Paper's heavy. So we got a new cycle of artifact lands that are definitely not going to cause any problems ever. Uh, called the Bridges. What I like about these is they use various names like Gold, um, but they have names like Razor Tide and Rust Veil that fit very thematically. Um, Tangle Pool, because the Tangle is the forest, or quote-unquote forest, in on Mirrodin. Slagwoods, like a lot, a lot of really great flavorful names that are usually used for this kind of thing. Very reminiscent of the uh, Scars of Mirrodin-esque uh, dual lands. So these are just very cool. I'm very happy to get these new artifact lands and i love that they're indestructible too mm -hmm. uh next up is arcbound javelinier which despite being implied to be on mirrodin by some of the landscape uh there's actually a specific art reference to Acacian Javelinier, uh, which is a, a mechanical reference to uh, both the kind of spiky robot hair and the pose and the other individuals in the background are all a reference to the uh, gateway promo of um, uh, Acacian Javelinier. And uh, that's just like a cute little art mirror that is weird and is the kind of thing that happens in this set. Uh, and then uh, a couple of cards we didn't talk about last week uh, linked with the deck and Blackblade story because... They haven't been previewed yet, 
Uh, we have Blacksmith Skill, uh, which is an instant target permanent against Hexproof and Indestructible end of turn. If it's an artifact creature, it gets plus two, plus two, plus two until end of turn with flavor text. Before he was subjugated by demonic forces, Dakin was a master smith of unrivaled artistry. Um, yeah, this is just pre-Spark Dakin as he's forging the Black Blade and stuff. And then next up is uh, Dahada's Ploy, which is an instant uh, with uh, a picture of Dakin himself with a purplish tentacle brand being emblazoned into his helmet uh, with the flavor text the last piece was finally in place there's a reference to the moment at the end of the Dak blade and gaedron dahada encounter where she finally returns his shadow to him and thus his soul while also branding him uh, and claiming him under her control for a future adventure slash crime depending on whose perspective you're looking at it from <laughs> uh, so we've got these a uh, couple little story moments from the Dak and black blade comic also in this set which is just wild to me. I, I really appreciate that black blacksmith skill uh, costs a white mana and Dahada's ploy uh, has a blue and a black in the casting cost. So it's a uh, Dakon's full color identity there. You can play them in both. Our next couple of cards are uh, homages to old cards. So we've got a marble gargoyle, which is a white artifact creature that is just granite gargoyle. It's color shifted. And the fun part about that is they both have a uh, flavor text from as Marana Mardica diced in a Kuldakar. Um, marble granites, or uh, marble gargoyles, uh, is uh, once past the stony exterior, the meat is exquisite and can be stuffed with thalads or simmered in a broth of manticore venom, uh, which is a reference to granite gargoyles flavor text, which is also as Marana Mardica diced in a Kuldakar talking about how to eat granite gargoyles. Chris is flexing on us. I will note Marble Gargoyle. Marble Gargoyle is an artifact. Whereas Granite Gargoyle is not. Your pronunciation was good enough, Chris. I'm doing my best. Disciple of the Sun is our next card, which is a motif to uh, Sun Titan. Uh, and also in like, you know, function and in uh, form. Uh, Disciple of the Sun lets you return a permanent uh, with mana, car- mana value three or less from your graveyard to your hand. And Sun Titan lets you put it from your graveyard into play. Um, but that's fine because this is like a whole one mana cheaper than Sun Titan. That apparently is the whole difference. Uh, this one also has lifelink and is only a 3-3 while Sun Titan is vigilant and a 6-6. But the art is where the cool thing is that both of them are wearing the same belt buckle. So Nykthos Paragon has a reference to Heliod in the text, uh, in its flavor text. It says, though Heliod turned against humanity in his hunger for power, the ideals he championed still stand strong. And it's interesting that that is the message that has come out already after... Uh, Theros beyond death. Uh, Helia did have issues during that point. Uh, I don't remember how much of that actually made it into the story summary that everyone got. Uh, But this is just to give you a a new perspective that while Heliod is now in prison in the underworld, a lot of his worshippers aren't aren't exactly longing for him back right now. Yeah, that uh, wonderful Theros Beyond Death story. Um, Best book of the block, I'll tell you that. Uh, Anyways, um, it's a joke because we didn't get one. Uh, our next and it wasn't a block and it wasn't well Theros block um anyways our next card is uh, a couple of uh, homages to characters of magic's past uh the first one being search the premises which shows a scene on Innistrad mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I let your your uh Asmaradum, it's prem, it's premises the plural premises all right well excuse me search <laughs> the premises which is an enchantment oh my God. Innistrad block. what uh, Innistrad. Uh, for now three, I'm just you know, thinking. Now I'm just thinking about the plural of Nemesis conversation that happens in uh, Mystery Men. Don't worry about it. Uh, one day I'll describe the card. It is. Uh, it's set on Innistrad. It's uh, got some Thraben inspectors. 
inspecting a laboratory of some kind. Uh, the it's Garolf's laboratory from the flavor text, but it features actual Thraben Inspector. One of the characters in the art is just mirror image of Thraben Inspector doing the same exact thing from her original art, where she's like kind of looking at something gross from Immerkul. Uh, in this case, she's looking at something gross from Jeralf. Uh The flavor text here is, uh, To halt these lurid practices, Jeralf must be found and made an example of. Uh, from Inquisitor Delmund. Um, so I'm assuming this is, it could be set pre-Shadows of Renistrad. It could be set post-Shadows of Renistrad. We really don't know what the world looks like um, after all that. But it's really cool to uh, to have uh, some more Innistrad flavor cards. Um, but we have another character being referenced in another card. Uh, this one's called Archon of Cruelty, where you can see Nicol Bolas's horns in the background um we don't know where this is set the artist said that they weren't given a specific plane uh but it looks kind of meditation realm-y to me um archon of cruelty is six black black creature archon flying whenever it enters battlefield or attacks target opponent sacrifices a creature or planeswalker discards a card and loses three life then you draw a card and gain three life so it's like a little mini cruel tomatum uh on an etv and attack trigger and it's a nice reference to one of my favorite characters nickel bolus uh then we have sinister starfish which is the evil scryfish Instead of scrying, it surveils. It's very funny. See, it's evil because it deals with the graveyard. It's great. It. And it's back aligned. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Our next card is Flame Blitz, which features everyone's favorite unlucky planeswalker from the Commander 17 curse curses. Um, where we see him getting blasted by a gout of lava or fire or something. Um, the flavor text says, Blast it, not again. As he's getting blasted in the back by, uh, phrasing, uh, by some fire. And it's, I, I love this, and I can't wait to blow people out with Planeswalker decks, because I, I, I'm, I'm very not happy with, uh, was it Karth? Karth the Lion. Yeah, Karth the Lion. Don't, don't want to see that. I'd, ra- I'd rather not. So, yeah. Super excited for this card, even though it's probably going to be highly situational. But hey, it has cycling. But the, the the unlucky planeswalker just can't seem to find a break, and hopefully one day we'll get a card for him. Uh, next up, I'm just giggling at Gargadon. So we had a card lesser Gargadon printed uh, in the era when Magic just put random names on beast cards. Uh, Time Spiral Black had Greater Gargadon, which saw uh, some weird constructed success. Uh, it's a gigantic red creature that you suspended and sacrificed things to cast faster. And this set, finally, we just have the regular Gargadon, the just right size, uh, lucky for Goldilocks, uh, and its power and toughnesses are uh, one higher than lesser Gargadon each. Uh, and it, the card's just called Gargadon. It's just it, it's just there. It's great. So, uh, Viashino Lash Claw is... Uh, we don't see very many Viashino anymore. Uh, the flavor text references So Saith the Bay. Uh, the Bay, in this case, that particular spelling... Uh, is for the leader it's the name of the leader of a uh group of the ashino it's like their chief kind of like the ka is for leonin they uh they all worship beyonce uh so say if the bay <laughs> is a phrase that gets repeated in a number of uh Viashino flavor texts throughout magic history so it's just uh, like this is the way Sort of. So saith the bay. They obviously ripped off magic. It even rhymes. <laughs> Our next card is Blessed Respite or Respite. I don't know how you want to say it. I've heard it both ways. She anyway. has more <laughs> no, I'm staying out of this one. Uh-huh. Um, so Blessed Respite is uh, a, a, a callback to Gaia's Blessing and Fog in the art. You see the sword that's 
uh, the focus of the guy of most of the guys blessing are. I can't remember which set it was originally from, but um, Dominaria. Yeah, you yeah uh, you see the sword stuck in the ground, and there's a fog bank that's just encircling the the, the blade, and it's a very nice way to cross over both in both flavor in art and form and it's it's great now i have the cutest card in the set glimmer baron uh was it last week we were talking about niels ham hi it's the wee baron no it was our preview uh, episode uh we were talking about niels ham and how his uh early start in magic other than uh gilder baron in uh um eventide uh was a lot of like really strong horror concepts and then gilder baron like existed as this like weird creepy cute thing uh Glimmer Baron is even cuter. In it the, is so good. Look at this little butterfly costume and all the little glory bits. I love this piece so much. It's just like an atog for tokens, but like it's so cute. It's so cute. It's a it's little the oof. best. Not it's a big just a oof. little oof. A little oof. A little oof. Just eats your little foods, tokens, and clues. Eats gobbles all your little clues. It's adorable. I love it. Uh, but awkward segue, as we do in the show, into what <laughs> I think is the best name in this set, Dermo Taxi. I want to talk about, so this card is a vehicle. Um, you uh, imprint a creature from a graveyard onto it, and then you can pseudo-crew it uh, to turn it into a copy of whatever creature's imprinted on it. Uh, the flavor is you find the corpse of something, you put some wheels on it, and turn it into a car, right? So you're going to take a dead thing and stuff it and make it look alive. That's taxidermy. But the real words still work as dermotaxi because like it's a taxi, it carts people around. Dermo referring to skin because you're just riding around in a taxi made out of the skin of this dead animal. Like, so it's a taxidermy joke that still works when you reverse the phonemes that just explain what it is and say what the card mechanically does. This is, this is unreal good, unreal good. I don't know if this is the name that this card headed into the creative text writing with or whether someone on the team landed on it and and it made it through to publishing whoever wrote that name goddamn genius i love this so much this is great a plus a plus 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 and fun fact you can now bring your dreams of the dead chromium barge to life you can now canonically make the chromium barge and you can crew it and have someone ride the dead corpse of chromium just like someone just like ravidel did in the comics congrats i also just quickly want to let you know lorelei uh the person you just called a genius was aaron forsyth who named uh dermotaxi there we go our our next card is just one of the ones that i wanted to talk about personally because i think it's a really cool callback uh guardian kieran uh so the kieran we saw on uh kamigawa but then they returned very briefly on cons of tarkir and dragons of tarkir uh where there was a kieran in each set and each of those kieran's referenced a uh, sort of prophecy that kieran's uh either announced the arrival of someone important or announced the death of someone important uh guardian kieran has flavor text that says followed the kieran ojitai expression meaning died a hero's death so yeah it's sort of a mechanical callback as well to the kieran from cons of tarkir uh which was supposedly announcing sarkon's arrival um and it is a uh, flavor text callback as well because we all know how much everyone loves cons of tarkir and dragons of Tarkir draft. Everyone's played those limited formats, so they can all recognize the card. Oh, they were so great. <sighs> Love that format. All right, let's move on to final thoughts. My final thought is I can start talking about Planes of the Multiverse, my next book being published by Abrams Comic Arts in 
July uh, 20th, on July 20th, 2021. Uh, and that's all I'm going to talk about for today. <laughs> we'll talk about that another time. We'll do a whole episode on it when it comes out. I got to check if I pre-ordered it. I can't remember. Anyway, um, my final thought is that uh, I uh, finally got a dress that I liked, which <gasps> doesn't, I don't wear dresses. So like shortly after I came out, I had bought a dress and thought I was going to love it. And I hated it. And I tried it on a couple months ago. Still hated it. I was like, oh, maybe I can fix this dress by wearing it with my leather jacket and my big stompy boots. I still hated the dress. Couldn't figure out what it was. But I bought a new dress that doesn't have sleeves, and I love it. Tank top tops are great. Tank top straps are great with my shoulders. I have broad shoulders, and they look hot when they're exposed. Uh, it's also black milk. It's very comfortable, expensive. Here's the problem. It's not going to spend all this money on black milk dresses. But it's very exciting to have a new type of clothing option opened up for my wardrobe. Uh, big exciting. I still mostly just wear pants and shorts because they're comfy. But the dress is comfy, too. It's got tentacles on it. They had a whole ocean witchy theme thing. It's good. I expect nothing less. I mean, we've all played Pokemon. We know that shorts are comfy and easy to wear. Oh, they are. (laughs) Uh, My final thought is that on the night that we were recording this, Critical Role is doing its season two finale, and it's supposed to be seven and change hours. Um, So if you haven't already watched it, or if you're catching up and you're listening to the slate, uh, hope you're ready and uh, be ready to take breaks or something, because... The, the only break in the episode is three hours and 42 minutes in. So, yeah, that, that's a, a barn burner of a, of a finale for the season. So, or the campaign, rather, not season. But anyway, yeah, so that's cool. That's like an entire work day. Seven it hours. Jeez. It's um, crazy. My final thought is that uh, Bo Burnham's new special is out on Netflix. It's called Inside. Uh, as one co-host of the podcast would say, highly recommend it unless you have clinical depression. Um, <laughs> That was me. That was Shane. <laughs> Uh, I highly recommend it unless you have clinical depression and then I can't recommend it at all. Uh, It is very, very good. I really enjoyed it. I watched it uh, the day it came out and I just watched it again today. Um, Absolutely brilliant work. Uh, Just fantastic. If you can watch it, you should. Um, It's very good. Uh, You know. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just like, well, my brain was like, if you also have clinical depression, but that's not a really good (laughs) I can figure out a better one. Uh, uh, If you like things that are funny, but kind of in a sad way. Um, you can that's join not Discord. us. We're funny in a fun way, unless you're Reddit, in which case we don't vibe good or whatever. Uh, but if you enjoy our show, you can over, head over to patreon.com slash Vorthoscast and help support us today. Everyone who does gets access to our Discord community, where Vorthoses from around the world are enjoying the hell out of Modern Horizons 2. Sets like this go super deep. There are tons of cards we didn't talk about, because it's like, oh, there's Hexplate in this. This puts it on Mirror. We don't need to mention every single card in this set that does that, but there's a ton of them, and uh, you know, we've, we've had a community of folks really excited about uh, these previews, and we're about to head into another preview season very shortly after this uh, getting back into forgotten realm stuff so uh, buckle up for that kids um but if you want a place where you feel welcomed and understood and get to vibe with a bunch of people that vibe with magic in the way that you vibe with magic place just with good vibes uh we would love for you to join our discord server and our uh patreon is how you do that lots of people who vibe and also jay Thank you all for listening. This has been the Vorthos Cast.